Uh, this is Robert Reich, former Secretary of Labor of the United States. Please tune in to Tom Duggan's show, and it's called Paying Attention. The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. I have to say, your profile picture is really, really cute. Uh-huh. You and Murphy. Thanks. I do like that part of This was literally the craziest week I've had in a long time. And for me, that's pretty big. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't talk about any of it. I know. I get shit from my. Everyone at home does the bopas along. I get shit. I get shit from my my listeners, my my watchers, when we start the show before the bopas. Yeah, we're not allowed to anymore, ever. Bopas. Maybe I should just shut the music off right there, and we're done. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Good night, everybody. So technically, now we can start the show or end the show, either way. Either either. They're happy. We (laughs) bopas. All right, let's start this. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? Hi, my name's Tom Duggan. Here with the paying attention. Podcast. Hi, atop two guys smoke shop at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. And by the way, if you like cigars, this is the place to come. You should be at Two Guys Smoke Shop on. Uh, is it North Broadway, South Broadway? South Broadway. It's South Broadway, Salem, New Hampshire. I can't. I can't figure out the South Broadway, North Broadway, Broadway stuff. It should all just be Broadway. Like yeah. it's all one street. It's very confusing for those of us who don't live in New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, and people we, get halfway and go, "Oh God, am I south or north?" No yeah, one right. Cares. Yeah, like, just do numbers. Just, just do the, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Make it easier yeah. for everybody. We're all. Well, none of us are very bright anymore in this country, yeah. so they've got to dumb everything yeah. down. Uh, we've got a very interesting show for you today. I've got three things I want to talk about. And if something comes to me, we might talk about something else. But I definitely want to talk about the mask mandate in Methuen, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I want to talk about Gabby Petito, the missing white blonde girl that the media is obsessed with. And uh, first, before we start, I want to talk about what happened on Tuesday with the Lawrence elections. Fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah? Fascinating stuff. Now, I came in here last... I, for the last two or three weeks, I came in and, and I was trying to prognosticate how this election was going to turn out. There were five candidates, really four. I didn't know that uh, um, uh, Dominguez uh, was in the race. Uh, there was a fourth person in the race, a fifth, fifth person in the race. Um, I didn't know that, um, but uh, that's because like she didn't campaign. There was no, I didn't see any signs. I didn't. I didn't. There was there was no way for me to know unless I actually went and got like a sample ballot, which I usually do. Yep. Um, 
but I stopped doing that a few years ago because Rich Russell usually sends me like the list of all the candidates. And because he's a candidate, I think he just forgot this year to send it to me. And I should have just asked anyway. It's not on him. It's on me. Um, so you had Willie Lantigua, the chief. Well, anyways, before we get to that. So I came in a, a, at least two or three weeks ago and I did my prognostication that I thought conventional wisdom says before this election that Vilma Laura will probably – Vilma Laura, Dominguez, Martinez, Martinez, Dominguez, Laura. I think you forgot her name. Right, probably. Because <laughs> um, she should make that longer. It's not long enough for us to confuse everybody. Um, that Because she had raised like $120,000 in this race, mm. uh, that she was probably going to come in first. Now, let's remember when Willie Antigua ran and won in 2009, he had $8,000 in the bank. That's what he spent, eight, right? And he won. Four years later, Dan Rivera ran against him and raised forty-two or forty-five thousand dollars, which was we thought was a whole shit ton of money, and he won mm. barely, but he won. Okay, when we learned that Vilma Laura Martinez Dominguez Dominguez Martinez raised over a hundred thousand dollars for this race, I'm like, well, that that that's an easy one, right? With all that money, she'll be doing mailings every day for the last three days. Right. She'll be buying full-page ads in the Valley Patriot, full-page ads in the Eagle Tribune, and full-page ads in the Spanish papers. And so as a result of that, she'll probably come in first. And Brian DePena most likely in second place with Kendris Vasquez on his heels. Um, then last week I came in and said that I took a poll of all my friends of my friends in Lawrence. Right. And they told me I was completely off on all of that. They said, no, no, no. Kendris is going to walk away with first place. And then it's going to be Brian and Vilma fighting for second. So I came in and I shared that with you because, you know, I want you to have all the information, not just what I think. They were right. Hmm. Come the end of the day, you can bring that up. Um, uh, We have the results here. And I want to make sure I've got it in front of me, too. So, by the way, there are 90-plus thousand people in the city of Lawrence. To start off, I, by the way, I love election math. I'm not a math guy, but I love election math because election math works differently than real math. Love, oh, it does. Wow. Because it, like in some races, for like the at-large race, you've got three candidates get elected. You can vote for three, mm-hmm. but some people just vote for one. So it screws up all the math, uh-huh. right, as to how many yeah, people yeah, yeah. turned out and how many people voted. So election math's a little different. So there's 90, think about this, there's 90,000 plus people in the city of Lawrence. Please don't email me and say, no, there isn't. There's only 80. The 80,000 number you're looking at is the city census. It does not include illegal aliens. It also doesn't include all the people that didn't fill out their census who may not be illegal aliens. So from my estimate, and I think I'm pretty good at this, there's about 91, maybe 92,000 people in the city of Lawrence. Of that, look at the bottom number on your screen. 9,084 people voted in a Lawrence primary. You want to know why we are losing our democracy at the local level? That number explains it all. Mm-hmm. Less than 10% of the people who live in Lawrence bothered to vote in the primary. There are 43,000 people who are registered to vote in Lawrence. Okay, So that's less than, uh, that 9,000 number is less than 25% of the people who, who actually are registered to vote, who can vote, right? Yeah. Because if you're an illegal alien, you're not supposed to be able to vote. We know they do. If you're underage, you're not supposed to vote. If you live in Methuen, you shouldn't be voting in Lawrence. Less than 25% of the people in Lawrence who are registered to vote, who can vote, bothered to vote. And that's pretty scary if you ask mm-hmm. me. Here's the numbers. Kendris Vasquez, he is the acting mayor of Lawrence. He took over when Dan Rivera left the city after getting elected. And you know, to me, not to get off on a tangent... It really, 
term limits, and I'm going to go off on a whole rant on this, term limits cause this consistently. Because once, a, once an elected official runs for re-election for their final term that they can run for, from the second they win, they're immediately looking for their next job because they can't run again. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm against term limits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kevin Sullivan left early. He was the first Lawrence mayor in 1985 under the new charter, what I call the new charter from 85 on. Um, Mary Claire Kennedy lost, but Patty Dowling left early to take a job. Um, who else came after uh, Patty Dowell? Uh, Willie lost. Then Dan Rivera left. Every mayor that has run and won for their third successive term or fourth successive term, no, one, two, two successive terms. Whenever, whenever a, a mayor in Lawrence, I've seen it in Methuen, I've seen it in other communities, whenever they're officially termed out and they can't run again, they're phoning it in. They're not your mayor anymore. They're looking for the next job. They're, they're, they're trying to take care of the people that maybe worked for them over the last four years that maybe didn't get a job or didn't get something from them. They start looking at, you know, who can I take care of on my way out the door? Mm-hmm. That's no way to run government, okay? So, but anyways, he left after he got reelected for his last term. And to me, when you get elected, that means you're promising you're going to serve your term. And to me, that's a, bre- a, a breach of promise. That's just me. I'm, I'm a funny guy about those things. So when he left, Kendrys, Kennedy's Vasquez, um, who was the District C city council, the smallest district in the city, um, was, a, was the council president and was elevated to acting mayor by the city council. Now, what they should have done is called for a special election. The public should have decided. However, politicians love to lie to you and say they care about money. The only time they seem to care about money is when they're canceling elections, <laughs> Right. Methuen does it. They cancel all their primaries unless there's somebody to eliminate. Lawrence doesn't cancel primaries. I lost my thought. So anyways, Kendris Vasquez becomes acting mayor as the city council president and promises if he's made acting mayor by the council after they canceled the primary, I mean, they canceled their election to fill Dan's term. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Like the next day or the day after that, he announced he was running for, re- he was running for re-election, mm. right? We call that pulling a Lenny Degnan. Lenny Degnan did that about 25 years ago. He was on the council. Patty Dowling left. He promised, if you, if you just make me council president, I mean, if you just make me acting mayor, I promise I won't run. I'll just steer the ship till the new guy comes on. And then the next day, he announced he was running. Kendris mm. did the same thing. To me, that's disqualifying, if you ask me. But that, again, that's just me. I don't, I don't vote in Lawrence. Kendra's 3,704 votes. Remember, out of 90,000. Mm-hmm. Brian DePedia, very close on his heels, like 100 and, again, I don't do math that well, but it's about 140 votes, if I got that right. 143 votes or something like that. Uh, in second place with 3,247. Look at the drop-off. Look at the drop-off. Vilma got 1,193 with all of her money. Mm-hmm. I could not figure out why she did as poorly as she did. So on election day, I was out at the polls and I was just kind of taking a poll of like my friends. Like some of my friends are supporting Kendris, Some of my friends are supporting Brian. Some of them are supporting Willie. Some of them are supporting Vilma. So I asked them, what do you th- how do you think Vilma's going to do today? And almost all of them said she's going to lose. And I said, why? And the answer I got from almost all of them, they all had kind of different answers, but they all followed the same theme. It was... All of her support comes from outside the city. 
All of her endorsements are coming from outside the city. Now, Lawrence has, there's a, there's, a, there's a mentality in Lawrence that you don't see in every community. They hate outsiders. They hate outsiders. I often get attacked on Facebook when I make a comment about something going on in Lawrence. You'll often see a bunch of people come on and go, well, you don't live here anymore. You left. Like I did, like somehow, like I did, I, I, I offended them because yeah. I, I walked away from their city, right? <laughs> yep. You left. So th- there's an attitude in Lawrence that, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, I'm just saying it's what it is, that they don't like outsiders, they don't trust outsiders. Right. So when Vilma is going out and getting an endorsement from like Diana DiZoglio or Elizabeth Warren, in North Andover, that would be a big plus. In Lawrence, it's a huge negative, to my surprise. Because I only learn these things by going out and actually like talking to people and not just prognosticating from my office based on whatever my experience might be. So she comes in with 1,193 votes. But I have to say this. She ran a damn classy campaign. She was willing to come on this show, even though she knew I was good friends with Brian. She asked me afterwards, are you going to support anybody? And I said, yeah, it's going to be between you and Brian because you came. Right, I was all 100% with Brian, but then when she came, I thought, well, you know what? She buys a couple of ads. Maybe I'll just stay out of it, and, and I won't endorse anybody And because I want everyone to come on the show. I want everyone to buy ads. I want everybody to submit their press releases, right? Because right? I have two jobs. This is something that most elected officials and candidates don't understand. I have two jobs. One job is to be a reporter and just report on what happens. I can still do that regardless of what my other job is, which is giving my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I can have an opinion that I don't like, let's just say, Kendris Vasquez, right? But if he does something good, I'm going to be the first guy to come in here and tell you, hey, guess what Kendris Vasquez did this week? I like what he did, and I'm going to give him credit. Just like last week, I came in, Kendris Vasquez was being blamed for what happened at the stadium during the Johanny uh, Pichado funeral. Yep. He was being blamed, and I did some digging, and it turned out he had nothing to do with it. So even though I was with Brian, and I don't like Kendris, I still defended him, mm-hmm. because you can have an opinion that you don't like someone and still write an objective story about what they do. And that's what most politicians don't understand. So my original plan was to just kind of stay out of it. And then maybe at the very end, if, if Brian like, just needed to get dragged over the finish line, like Ali Safi two years mm-hmm. ago, then maybe at the end, like I'll post something online or I'll do something. But, but Brian was the only one that came in full, with both feet with the Valley Patriot. Came on the show, bought ads, sent me press releases every week, Called me on the phone and, and let me know when he had fundraisers or we're going to do a standout if you want to come take pictures. And so the candidates that engage with me get more engagement with the platforms that I use to get information out to the public. So, um, but, but I do want to say that Vilma, who, I'm, who I've known for a long time, not well, but I have known her for a long time, she ran a classy campaign. Yeah. Unlike Kendris Vasquez and his people, she was not out there attacking her opponents. She wasn't out there playing Willie Lantigua games behind the scenes. Speaking of Willie, look at, look at that number. Do we still have those up on the screen? Yeah, we'll bring them up again. Look at, look at this. So we get Kendris with 3704, Brian with 3247, Vilma with a big drop off at 1193. That really should have been higher. She deserved more votes than that. And then there's Willie Lantigua, the chief. You don't have to say it that way to its the chief. That's okay. the way he says it. Willie Lantigua, the chief. 781 votes. Wow. Willie Antigua was mayor for four years, was a state representative for at least six years that I can remember, maybe eight. And the best he could do out of five candidates is come in fourth with 780 vote, 81 votes. Yeah. Then we have Doris Rodriguez, whom I wish I knew was in the race. Yeah. It's, it is partially my fault, I will say. 
She sent me a text message about in August saying, do you have time to talk? But didn't say why. And I wasn't sure what it was about. And I looked at it and I meant to get back to her and I never did. And then on election day, she sent me a text saying, make sure you, you know, please vote with a little um, sign that said um, Doris Rodriguez for, for mayor. And I was like, oh. what town of mayor are you running from? She said, Lawrence. I'm like, oh, gee, I wish I'd known that. She goes, well, you never got back to me. And she's right. She's right. I didn't get back to her. Uh, but I also didn't see any signs. When I talked to people about who the candidates were, nobody ever said, well, what about Doris Martinez, yeah. right? Nobody, Doris Rodriguez. Um, then for write-ins, you had 35 write-in votes. That's pretty good because usually that's a lot higher. Okay. And blanks, you had 25. She had 9,084 votes. I'm, I'm still really surprised that Willie Lantigua only got 781 votes because, A, he cheats. Or at least he usually cheats. Maybe he didn't in this one. Maybe he thought he could win legitimately this year, and that's why his numbers are so <laughs> low, because he didn't cheat. Uh-oh. Going forward, it's going to be Kendris Vasquez and Brian DePina. Mm-hmm. Most people who don't understand election math look at that and say, Kendris is the front runner going into the final. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. Brian DePina is, the, and I would, I would much rather come in and say, Kendris is the front runner because Brian's people will work harder if I say that, right? right? And Brian's voters will make sure that they'll go out and they'll vote, right? Mm-hmm. You never want to run as the front runner because people get lazy and they go, oh, he's already got it. And then a lot of people don't vote for you. They say, yeah, he's already got it, right? Okay. But I have to tell you, Brian DePena is the front runner going into the final. He, it's not Kendris Vasquez. And here's why. Willie Lantigua the Chiefs, 781 votes. Had he made it to the final, that number would probably be about 3,000 in a regular election mm-hmm. with more voters, Right. Those are all Dominican voters, with very few exceptions. I'm sure there's a couple of white people out there voting for Willie. I know my friend Jeff Fulgioni supports Willie, um, and, and he and his family have lived in Lawrence forever. But all of Willie's votes are Dominican votes. They are not voting for a Puerto Rican. It's just the way that it is. You can call me racist for calling it out, but that's what it is. Dominicans, they don't vote for women, and they don't vote for Puerto Ricans. They would rather, and I'll tell you this because I have a lot of Dominican friends and they've been very vocal about it. They would rather vote for a white guy than vote for a Puerto Rican. They would rather vote for, they'd rather vote for a, a, a white woman than vote for a Puerto Rican. It's just the way that it is. Hmm. I'm sorry. And, and we've got the math to prove it going back like 10 elections in Lawrence. You've got the Puerto Rican neighborhoods, the Dominican neighborhoods and where the votes go. Right. By the way, if it's, if, it's a, if it's two Dominicans and a white guy, the white guy is always going to come in last. Always. Right? Mm-hmm. So those seven, whoever was going to vote for Willie Lantigua, they're going to vote for, they're going to vote for Brian DePena because he's Dominican. They're not voting for Kendris. Yeah. Um, Vilma Martinez, Laura Dominguez, Martinez, Laura Dominguez, Martinez. Um, I'm pretty sure that the vast majority of those votes are going to Brian. Um, my instinct tells me she's probably going to endorse Brian. But if she doesn't, I'm pretty sure that her votes are going to go to Brian. Um, if they didn't vote for Kendris Vasquez in the primary, because he's the acting mayor, he's the guy right now. If, if, they, if they were voting against him in the primary, they're going to vote against him in the final, right? They didn't like right. him enough to vote for him. They're going to vote for him because he's the acting mayor. Um, Doris Rodriguez, wherever her votes go, I'm not sure. Um, it's not a lot of votes. Uh, had she made it through the final, that 99 number might end up being 1,000 to 2,000 because more people actually vote. Yeah. Um, I don't know where those votes are going to go, but I don't think it's really going to matter. And you're going to have a groundswell. You only had 9,000 vote in this election because it's a primary. But in the final, you're probably going to have 18 or 19,000 people vote, depending on how much press and how much controversy comes out of the Lawrence 
uh, uh, final uh, the 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 election. I I have to add one more thing in because if you look at the at large numbers, which we don't have, I don't think I, I gave them to. Um, did I give you? Did I give you the at large? Oh, we did. Okay, so we'll go yeah. through that. Uh, let's pull that up. Let's look at the at large city council numbers. Um, let's see. Here we go. So that's the one that says Pavel at the top. Yep. Okay. So Frank Bonet, look down at the at the like almost toward the bottom, third up from the bottom. Frank Bonet. Frank Bonet was the personnel director for the city of Lawrence. God, going back to the Kevin Sullivan administration, so at least ten years or more. He ran for city council at large. He's in the process of being fired by Kendris Vasquez. He claims he turned Kendris Vasquez into the attorney general because he's corrupt, and they've got supposedly proof of corruption okay. that Kendris Vasquez is corrupt and on the take. Kendris Vasquez had him walked out either by the police or the city clerk or the city attorney, had him and his entire staff walked out of the building and put on leave pending firing Mm. about two weeks before the primary. By the way, Frank Bonet is a diehard, true friend and supporter of Willie Lantigua, the chief. So all of this was really like a Willie manipulation behind the scenes. Mm. And he was using Frank... And Frank is willing. Frank is perfectly willing to be used for those things because he's a lot like Willie in a lot of ways. But if you look at that number, that's that's a product that 980. He got knocked out. You got to really suck in Lawrence to get knocked out in a primary. Like nobody gets knocked out in a primary in Lawrence. Like you got you had five candidates for mayor, and three of them had to get knocked out. But on these at-large races, normally there's like six six candidates for six jobs, right. or seven candidates for six jobs. And one person, like in this case, gets knocked out. Frank Bonet has been on the political scene for easily 10 or 15 years. He's run for office before. He has campaigned. He campaigned for Willie when he won. Um, he campaigned for a number of other people. He's been in the newspaper a million times because he's the personnel director. So anytime a cop gets fired or a DPW worker sues the city, the mayor goes to the personnel director for a quote and his name is in that quote. With all of that publicity and all of that political gravitas and all of that political experience, he came in last. And that's because he went after Kendris Vasquez and Kendris Vasquez came in first. And none of the Brian DePina people wanted anything to do with Frank Bonet because they all know that he's with Willie. How do they know that? Because four years ago, they were with Willie. Let's remember, Vilma... Martinez Laura Dominguez Martinez was with Willie Lantigua the year that he ran and won for mayor. Frank Bonet was with Willie Lantigua the year he ran for mayor. And by the way, so was Brian DePina was with Willie the year that he ran and won for mayor. So the people who worked for Brian DePina's campaign had Willie Lantigua's number walking in the door because they campaigned for Willie. They know how he works. They know how he operates. So they weren't going to vote for Frank Bonet because they know he's a Willie stooge. Mm -hmm. Here's your numbers in the at-large race. Three will get elected in November. Six got nominated. I was a little surprised by at least one of these names. Pavel Payano topping the ticket. 4,157 votes. That did not surprise me. Selena Reyes, who, by the way, is just so beautiful. It, 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 would, it would kill me not to say that going in. I know people hate that, but I don't care because I'm single and we still have free speech in this country. Wait. I gotta check my. I gotta check the news on my phone every day to make sure we still have free speech in this country. But so far, we still do. Three thousand four ninety nine. Then Anna Levy, whom I love, um, love to love her to death. By the way, um, Anna Levy, who invites me every year to her uh, family cookout, 
and uh, we play dominoes, and they always laugh because the white guy always wins. Huh. Me, I always win when we play dominoes at Anna Levy's. Um, she came in third with 3,387. She's an incumbent. All three of the candidates at the top are incumbents. Of the four people who were running as challengers, Rich Russell, Freddie Diaz, Kelvin Garcia, and Frank Bonet, the white guy came in fourth. How did that happen? I'm saying, okay, so how did that happen? So I went and I looked at the precinct by precinct numbers, and I'm going to tell you, here's how it happened. Rich Russell was endorsing endorsing Brian DePina for mayor and was in all of the pictures of Brian DePina. When Brian had a fundraiser, he was in all the pictures. When they announced people who were in the room, it was always Rich Russell. The, he, he's campaigned very hard for Brian DePina when he ran for city council, and he, ran, and he campaigned hard for him this year. So all of the DePina people voted for Rich Russell, mm. and that pushed him up into that fourth spot. Now, three are going to get elected. He's going to have to do some work to get into the top three because the top three are incumbents. 90... Don't hold me the exact number, but I know I'm in the right ballpark. 93 to 95% of the time, in all elections, the incumbent wins. That's at Congress level. That's at school committee level. That's your library board of trustees. Because most of the time in elections, people vote on name recognition. If they don't know the candidates, if they don't have any particular animosity toward a particular candidate... Then they look and they do name recognition. Oh, I know that name. I know that guy. You know, I've seen him in the paper or whatever, and that's who they vote for. Um, so Rich Russell comes in with 1,848. Freddie Diaz, who has run one, two, three, four, at least four times that I can remember. He's run in the District E City Council race mm-hmm. a, a number of times. Um, came in fifth with 1,385. Kelvin Garcia with 1,351. And then, of course, we talked about Frank Bonet. Look at the blanks. 10,604. What does that tell us? Hmm. I always ask city city clerks on election night, when they, especially in North Andover, when they print out the numbers, can you please give me the blanks? Nobody else cares about blanks. I care about blanks because I believe in election math. The, what the blanks show you is, this is what your ballot would look like. Is that, that's still up, right? This is what your ballot would look like for at-large, right? You can vote for three, but you don't have to vote for three. So let's say you really, really want Rich Russell to win, and you pretty much know that your other candidates that you like are going to win, but you want Rich to win. You only vote for Rich. That's called a bullet vote. Uh-huh. A bullet vote means you're giving him a vote, but if you vote for two other people, and one of them ends up being like in contention for that third spot. That one person could knock him out. Yeah. So you just vote for him, which gives, which is considered one vote and two blanks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people voted for Pavel Payano, obviously, and just voted for Pavel Payano. They didn't vote for anybody else. You can vote for three, but you don't have to. And that's why you see those blanks at 10,604. And that number, by the way, is higher than the number of voters, the number of voters is 9,043, right. whatever we had on the, la- on the last slide. But that's because you can vote for three. So if you just vote for one, that's two blanks, yeah. which is why that number is higher. I know I got a couple of emails from people saying, look at the blanks in the at-large race. There's some hanky-panky going on. How can you have 10,000 blank votes with 9,000 voters? Right. And so that's why I'm explaining all of this to you. Um, at the end of the day... It's most likely going to be Pavel Payano, Selena Reyes, and Anna Levy because normally in a vote for three race, that's usually how it works. But we've seen surprises. We have seen surprises. And um, 
And we could see it this year. It's really going to depend on how Brian DePena does in the final. If Brian smokes Kendris Vasquez, if he absolutely obliterates him in the final, which we probably won't, it'll probably be a lot closer. But if he does, Rich Russell will win. And he may not knock out Anna Levy. He might knock out Selena Reyes, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know Pavel Payano, by the way, is also with Brian DePena. So he is also going to get the benefit. But that works two ways. In a, in a, in a final mayor election, you're going to have uh, Kendrick Vasquez versus Brian DePena. Kendrick Vasquez's people know that Pavel, Pavel Payano is with Brian. And they're not going to be too happy about it moving forward, especially when they see that he topped the ticket. It's going to be, well, we can't, we can't stop him from winning, but you know what? We're not voting for him. We're going to bullet somebody else. We're going to bullet either Anna Levy or Selena Reyes or Freddie Diaz or somebody else, and that's going to change the numbers. That's significantly going to change the numbers. All right, we spent a whole 20 minutes on Lawrence election math, <laughs> um, and the, there are a couple of things that I, I did want to get to. Uh, I do want to add, though, um, there was another surprise in the Lawrence race, and I didn't do the numbers. I will do it next week if you, if you guys actually care for me to do it. I don't know if you do. Let me know with your emails, valleypatriot at, email, at AOL.com. Um, we had Stephanie Infante here on the show about a month ago. She represents the Greater Lawrence Technical School. Yeah. I found out on election night that she was a candidate in District E in the south, southwest section of Lawrence to replace my buddy Dave Abdu. And I also found out that Dave Abdu recruited her to run and endorsed her. She came in first. Nothing could make me happier. I am so looking forward to having her back on the show, not just to talk about her campaign, but also to talk about all the great programs at the Greater Lawrence Vocational School mm. offers not just to high school kids, but adults who want to change their, their vocation or might want to get a, a trade as like a backup in case, you know, you're an accountant, you know, maybe the economy goes bad, you might want to have like a backup skill, right? Okay. So uh, 10 minutes. What, what were the other two issues that we were going to talk about today, Chrissy? The Methuen mask Oh, mandate. please, please. You know what? I'm just you so, wanted to hit this last week and you I, forgot. I know. I'm so fucking tired of it. I got to be honest with you. Excuse my French. And I do get emails about my language on the show. I will try to be, be a little bit better about it. Just um, passionate. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I was on radio for 30 years and I couldn't swear. And, um, and, and I would swear anyways. Then they'd have to hit the dump delay button yep. and it would screw up my show. Um, and now I don't have those restraints, so it's a lot harder. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired of this. Look, I could have come in here today and played... A video clip of Tony Fauci, Anthony Fauci, whatever his name is, um, the guy who's supposed to be the health god of the country, according to CNN, saying back in January of 2020, masks don't work against a COVID virus. I could come in here and I could show you the studies that were done by the CDC and the National Institute for Health that go back 30 years showing that masks do not work to stop the coronavirus or any kind of coronavirus, whether it's SARS or any other kind of coronavirus. They don't work. They don't stop the virus. They don't. Period. They don't. The people who keep saying we need to follow science are not following science. They're pretending they're following science. They want to seem like they're better than you, that they know the science and you don't, but they don't. Or if they do... They're outright lying because masks don't work. I flipped on my cable TV this weekend and I watched two college football games. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people crammed into a stadium, screaming at the top of their lungs, little pieces of spit flying out onto the guy in the next row. Have we seen a massive outburst of COVID? 
Have we seen like this? Have, have the numbers tripled and quadrupled in any of those areas where they're having college football games? No, that's not happening. And yet your kid has to sit with a mask for eight hours and be tortured in school every day. And in Methuen, there's a new mask mandate that you can't go into any city building without a mask. <sighs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. Because it's as plain as the nose on everyone's face. I keep coming in here and saying two plus two equals four, two plus two equals four, two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. And then some elected official comes out and says, yeah, but we think it's five. And, and we're all just supposed to go, yeah, okay. Yeah. We're all supposed to just throw our hands up and go, okay, well, the science, according to so-and-so, the science says that it's five. It's not five. We know that mask mandates don't, we know that masks don't work. So mandating masks is, is doing only, the, the elected officials that are now mandating masks are only doing one thing. They're pandering. They're pandering to the people out there, to that 49% or 48% of people out there who are rapidly pro-mask because they're more vocal than everyone else, they have more political power than everyone else, and they cause more problems for elected officials than anyone else. But I have to say that that kind of pandering really hits me the wrong way on any issue, whether it's this, Black Lives Matter, or anything else. Mm-hmm. That kind of pandering, it's, it's, it's a dishonesty to the people. And I'm, by the way, I'm not attacking anyone in particular. I'm not talking about Neil Perry personally. I'm not talking about Neil Perry in general. I'm looking at what's going on in Methuen, and I'm talking about it because it's happening everywhere. Kendra, if Kendris Vasquez had his way, you'd wear a mask to bed if, even if you lived alone in a rooming house. You'd wear a mask to bed. If Kendris Vasquez and Lawrence had his way, you'd be wearing a mask in the shower, okay? Yeah. So this is not like exclusive to Methuen or exclusive to Neil or exclusive. This is not like a backhanded slap at anybody, so please save your emails. But let's just talk about the issue in general. We know for a fact masks don't work, or we should know for a fact that masks don't work if you actually open your mind, forget the way you've been conditioned to think by the media, and just look at the actual facts. If you go online and you look at the protective equipment that is used by the scientists that work with COVID-19 in labs... They're in a fucking space suit. Like, they, they look like, they look like uh, the robot on, on Lost in Space. They've got this, they can barely move. They're like, I can't, they're like robots. Yeah. So why is it that if you, can, if you can go online and you can look and see what the, what the scientists who work with the virus have to wear to protect themselves from the virus, and then you listen to a guy like Kendris Vasquez or any other elected official at any level, so you have to wear a mask to prevent the spread of COVID. Mm. And that doesn't like, that doesn't break your brain. If that doesn't make your brain cells go, hey, wait a minute. Newsflash. And I hate to say this because you're all very good people, I'm sure. But you've been conditioned from the me- You've been conditioned by the media to think a certain way. So that even when you see proof that what you think isn't true, you're still going to believe it. Yeah. Right? People can chide the Trump supporters all they want for saying, how can they possibly believe that Trump won the election and that it was a voter fraud when all the evidence shows differently? Hey, you guys are doing the same thing because it's the same dynamic. Whatever political position that you hold in this world, you are conditioned by the media that you consume to only see things a certain way and to only accept certain information that comports with your beliefs. And you can apply that to the Trump supporters who are convinced that the election was stolen and you'll never convince them differently even if Jesus descends into their living room and says, put your fingers into, my, into the holes in my hand and I'm telling you now, Joe Biden won. They're still not going to believe it. But by the way, 
on the other end. All of this information is out there about the masks, and there's still 48% of the country still believes it because they want to believe it because they've been conditioned to believe it. You know, there's a thing at the top of my Facebook page. It's been there since 2009 when I had my first Facebook page when I opened it. It says, make people think it's the only thing you can do for them. I put that at the top of my page and it's been there the entire time because I want to be reminded every day that that's my job. My job is not to come in here and give you my opinion and convince you that I'm right. My job is to come in here and give you my opinion and get you to think differently about the way you think. And if I can present evidence that makes you question the way you think, question your beliefs, and at the end of the day, you're even stronger in what you originally thought, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. If I come in here and I can get you to just question it, I consider that a win because we're now living in an, in an age where everyone has their own set of facts and no one wants to look at facts that don't comport with what they actually believe. So when a mayor in Methuen or a mayor in Lawrence or a mayor in Haverhill, we won't even get into him, when they come out with their ridiculous mask mandates, when they come out with their, their ridiculous health stuff, what they're really doing is they're just pandering. And it's kind of infuriating for those of us who do think for ourselves. Now, if you're a person who has diabetes, you're obese, you have some kind of comorbidity, and it makes you feel safer and you want to wear a mask, God bless you. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with you. I'm not going to mock you. If I see you in public, I'm not going to embarrass you. We still live in a free country. You should be free to wear a mask any way you want. And in fact, I bought my cigarettes on my way here. I stopped at the uh, state line cigarette store. And the, the lady behind the counter was wearing a mask. I didn't think anything more, of, more or less of her because of that. No. It would be nice if we had that on the other side. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if the people who are obsessed with masks wouldn't go around bullying the people who don't want to wear one. Yep. But that's my opinion. And my, jo my, opinion, my job is to give you my opinion and to present things to you in a way that maybe make you think a little differently. Right, like if Neil Perry, when he came in and he would do my show, and we would talk about you know some some um, ordinance in the city of Methuen, I would give my opinion to get him to try and just think of it a little differently. But if at the end of the day he was he heard what I said, and he and he germinated over it, and he considered it, and he questioned why he thought the way he thought, and then at the end of the day said, yeah, but you know what, I actually now believe more in how where I was, and then I I'm like, you know what. Mission accomplished. My job's, my job's done. Mm -hmm. Because nobody, nobody is going to change their opinion because Tom Duggan said so, all right? I'm not so arrogant and egotistical to think that by me coming in and giving my opinion, it's going to make you guys change your opinion. I just come in and I want to present things in a different way to get you to just think about it. Please, just think about what you're hearing in the media every day. Think about what your elected officials say, and more importantly, the reasons that they give for what they say. Because 90% of the time, especially at the national level, the reasons for, for, for their reasons that they give for saying what they say almost never comports with reality ever, 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 right? Uh, we got a minute left. I'll give you one more example. No, I won't, because we only have one minute left. I really wanted, I really wanted to talk about the Gabby Petito, uh, the missing girl that is now apparently, I guess she's dead. I guess they found her body. Yeah, it's right? turned into a homicide. Now. And I guess now the guy that has been accused of killing her, or at least everybody thinks accused of killing him, killing her, I guess he's missing now. Yeah. Here's what I want to say about this. I took a lot of crap for it on Facebook because I think people misunderstood my position. If Gabby Petito was a young black girl from the Bronx, no one would know her name. 
And a lot of people, I said that on Facebook, and a lot of people came on and said, that's not true. We know her name because some of us care about, you know, missing women. Maybe all of that's true. However, my point was that the media would not be talking about it because there are thousands of missing women in this country every single day. Every day, women go missing in this country. And men, by the way, go missing in this country. We never see CNN, Fox, MSNBC, NBC, ABC in unison covering one case of one missing person. Unless she's a hot, blonde, white woman. If she's a hot, blonde, white woman, it is wall-to-wall, every channel, and, 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 I, and I blame Fox just as much as I blame CNN for this, but when it's maybe a fat, ugly, obese black girl, her picture's not on the news every day. If it's a 17-year-old Latina, Latino man, Latino boy, his picture's not on the front page of every paper. He's not up on CNN and Fox News every day. And what's interesting is CNN, after I posted that online yesterday, CNN actually talked about it. CNN actually did like a 10-minute panel discussion on why is it that we only do it, they made it, why do we only do it for white women? They really needed to extend that because it's not just white women. There are ugly white women out there who are missing, and we don't know who they are, right? But when they're hot and they're blonde, who is that? I can't remember her name. The, the 10-year-old blonde little girl that was missing out of Colorado for years. Everyone thought that the family did it. JonBenet Ramsey. Right, JonBenet Ramsey. Yeah. A beautiful little blonde girl. Who's the other one that was missing? And then they ended up finding her, the, the hot blonde teenage girl. Remember, she was missing for like a year, and then they actually found her. She was with these two nutcases in the... All right? She was missing too. And again, we knew about her, but we didn't know about the ugly missing black girl or the ugly missing white guy. And I bring this up because my job is really to kind of point out the flaws in the media. Mm -hmm. Please save me your email and say, Tom, you're the media too. No, I'm really not. Okay? I'm local media. Local media is very different than the national media. All right? I always say, and I know where time's up, I always say you can always tell when the national media is full of shit by looking at local media. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I will give you the example now, now that I've built up to it. At the national level, we get told voter ID is racist. Voter ID is racist because poor blacks and Latinos can't afford to get an ID. So imposing a voter ID makes it less likely that blacks and Latinos will vote. Then I get a phone call from my friend Giovanni Rodriguez, who's on the Lawrence City Council one day. He says, Tom... It's Dominican Election Day in Lawrence. We're all voting down at Lawrence High School. You should come down and see this. I go down. Long story short, there's a line around the corner, and they're voting for the Dominican president in Lawrence because some people have dual citizenship. And they're voting in Lawrence for the Dominican president. And they all have an ID because in the Dominican Republic, voter ID is mandatory. Mm -hmm. They all have an ID. So I ask people right up and down the line, is voter ID racist? No. How is it racist? We have it in our country. One guy said, yeah, they have it in Mexico, too. I said, are you kidding? I went home and I looked it up. Guess what? They have it in Mexico, too. And guess where else? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has voter ID. This is the only country in the world where we don't have a voter ID because we think it might be racist. All of the brown and and, and black countries, they all have it. South Africa has a voter ID. Congo has a voter ID. We can't have one. But how do we know they're full of shit? We look at the local level. We look at the local media to see if at the local level you're seeing reports of things that comport with what the national media says. And so please save me the emails and say you're part of the media. Why are you attacking the media? You're the media. I'm local media. You're not going to see me on Fox News next week because I broke a good story, okay? 
by the way, that story about the voter ID in Lawrence on the Dominican election day, I wrote a story and I videotaped interviews with Latinos, Dominicans, saying voter ID is not racist. And I sent it to Fox. I sent it to One America Network. I sent it to CNN. I sent it to every conservative media outlet that I could find. And do you know not one of them picked up that story? Not one of them. Not one. So what you really need to do, if you watch Fox, if you watch CNN, if you watch MSNBC, you really need to be consuming your local media too. Whether it's me, the Eagle Tribune, or Methuen Life, or anywhere else, you need to be reading your local media because you're getting all of these bullshit messages from the national media about masks, about all these other things, right? When, the, when CNN comes out and says there's a big spike in COVID-19 today, look at your local media. Go on the city of Methuen or the city of Lawrence website and see what the, new, the numbers are this week on COVID. And then compare it to what the national media is telling you. 90% of the time, you get two different stories. All right, I guess that's it, right? We're done? Yeah, you got it all. Listen, I, I apologize. I know I went over. I know I'm not supposed to go over. And I, I, know I apologize. I was bad. Uh, but we do want to thank, we do want to thank our sponsors. See, that's good now. I like that. Right on the, right on the ball. Yeah. Uh, McLennan Real Estate. We're going to have Matt McLennan in here, I think, next week because home prices are going down. Oh. They're going down. And I saw the story yesterday and I posted it and said, what, I wonder what Matt thinks about this. Let's get him back on the show. So we th- want to thank Century 21 McLennan Real Estate uh, on Broadway in Methuen. We also want to thank AFC Urgent Care. We will have Lisa back from AFC Urgent Care. Don't wait four hours at Holy Family Hospital for a doctor. Go right to AFC Urgent Care. Within 10 minutes, they'll see you. Give you a prescription if you need one or refer to you a doctor if you need to. Marseille and Sun Construction before the, before the snow comes. Oh, well, yeah. the snow comes, you got to get my stand and okay. construction. EIS, investigation and gun training. My good friends over there, and our hearts go out to them. They lost, uh, um, they lost one of their founders, and I, I, oh, I, I feel so bad. I knew him very well. Borelli's Deli, which is where I'm going after this for my totalini salad. Tomo's and Happy Crab. Clear Path for Veterans New England. Pleasant Valley Landscaping. I want to say hi to my friend Dave Id Consoli. Hi, David. And his wife was a great cook. Uh, and the Greater Lawrence Technical School, I think. Yeah. And free, free plug for Teddy Fairburn, workers' comp att- attorney. <laughs> Melvin Taylor said you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.